Welcome to Elections Melection. I'm Abby Tartellin, author and politics fan, and I'm here to demystify electoral politics so you can feel confident about your vote tomorrow on Thursday, December 12th, between 7am and 10pm at your local polling station. Regular listeners will now know election coverage starts at 10pm on Thursday as the polls close, and we'll all be running to our phones, computers or TVs to watch and read some of the coverage we learnt about in our last episode. The first thing the programme hosts will be talking about will be exit polls, but these aren't actual results. There is a joint ITV-BBC exit poll that arrives on your screen at about 10pm, and that is the result of people who work for those channels questioning voters outside polling stations to see how they voted. They question voters in seats they visited year after year, and in this way they try to look for patterns of how people are voting. Exit polls can be a good indicator of how the night is going to go, but this is an unusual election for several reasons, and so it makes sense to take the polls with a pinch of salt. Firstly, this election is unusual because almost 4 million people registered to vote very recently, and most of them were under 34. Young people are much more likely to vote for left-wing parties like Labour. About a third of these registrations might be duplicates, for instance people who've changed address, but that's still over a million more voters signing up than during the same period in 2017. So if the map is starting to look more red as the results come in, and red is the colour of Labour, you can tell your friends that uptick in voter registrations might have something to do with it. In fact, I'm 32, so if you joined me in episode 3 on registering to vote, you'll have listened to one of these people register, although it wasn't my first time, I've just changed my address recently. In the 48 hours before the deadline of 11.59pm on Tuesday 26th of November, 1,026,109 people signed up. 723,974 of those were under the age of 34. 402,554 were under 25, making up 40% of the total last-minute surge. So well done, you guys. Brexit is also a factor that might make people vote for different parties, or it might not, and that's something to look out for on the night. Are people who voted leave switching their support to the Conservatives, whose message is get Brexit done? Or has messaging that a Conservative Brexit will still last several years, even in the best-case scenario, got through to people? Is perhaps the NHS, a strong issue for Labour, more important to people than Brexit after all? If the map starts to go blue, the colour used to represent the Tories, Brexit might be why. The latest poll from YouGov was an MRP poll released yesterday. I'm not one to trust polls particularly as they look at past voting patterns and so don't make room for, for instance, a higher proportion of young people voting in one year. I'm inclined to agree too with author and activist Richard Seymour who said, quote, polls reinforce the message there is no alternative, end quote. Polls can influence people, making them believe their preferred party has no chance of winning, making them too depressed to go to the polling station and so their voices don't count. Additionally, an opinion given to a poll on the day that the poll is taken, say last week, can be more of a reaction to the day's news than a real voting intention. Nevertheless, it's interesting to see how right or wrong the polls get it. This MRP poll predicts Labour might win 206 to 256 seats and the Conservatives might win 311 to 367 seats, which is either not enough to form a government or a solid majority. We'll see where we stand on election night and if this poll was correct. 
So we've been in front of the telly for an hour and the first calls, this is how we say a constituency has gone for a certain party, are starting to come in. Traditionally, Newcastle and Sunderland, both seen as safe Labour seats because they have lots of working people living in them, race to be first to announce, both normally coming in at around 11pm. Who are you cheering for on Thursday, Newcastle or Sunderland? This sounds like a drinking game waiting to happen. Then the other constituencies start to be called over the course of the night. Look out for Chingford and Woodford Green, where economist and local Pfizer Shaheen is running as the Labour candidate against ex-Tory leader and architect of Universal Credit, Ian Duncan Smith. If she manages to unseat him, it might mean Labour will have a good night. However, the seat being in London, it might not be reflective of what happens up north. Canterbury and Kent is a slim Labour majority seat, and if it goes for Labour in this election, it might predict a good night for Labour. If Southampton Itchen, Hastings and Rye, Chipping Barnet, Middlesbrough South and East Cleveland go for Labour, then this would be very good news, and if they pick up Kingswood, a Tory gain in 2010, comfortably held last election, Labour could be in for an excellent night. Personally, I live in Thanet, which is a bellwether seat, a seat that can swing either way, dependent, and if it does go for Labour, that also suggests that it could be a very good night. In the last election, the Tory gained a 5,000-seat majority, but his record on the NHS is dire, and there was some question about electoral fraud in one of his earlier campaigns. If Conservatives pick up West Bromwich East, Don Valley, Stoke-on-Trent or Bishop Auckland, it could be a good night for the Tories. Look out too for Kensington, which has the smallest Labour majority in the country of 20 votes. The Conservatives are also looking to unseat Labour in Grimsby, which has not elected a Conservative since 1945. I feel very passionately about this because I'm a proud Grimsbarian and I really hope the poverty and destitution that Grimsby has suffered for years, but particularly under the Tories, from Thatcher to Johnson, won't have worn people down enough that they become susceptible to Tory advertising, which we learnt today is 88% untrue compared to Labour's 0%, a fact that will be surprising even to those who don't like the Conservative Party. If the Lib Dems hold on to Richmond Park, pick up Finchley and Golders Green, Escher and Walton or St Ives, that might signal a good night for the Lib Dems. A Lib Dem pickup of Target, Chelsea and Fulham would signal a particularly bad night for the Tories. In Scotland, a pickup of previously SNP and currently Labour seat Glasgow North East for the SNP will signal a good night, as would holding on to North East Fife. The SNP will also hope to pick up Renfrewshire East and West Aberdeenshire and Kincardine. In Northern Ireland, Sinn Féin hope to pick up Belfast North and the SDLP hope to pick up Belfast South, both from the DUP. This could be significant, as if the Conservatives win less than a majority, the DUP might be the only party they could call on to prop them up. The Green Party is trying for the Isle of Wight and the Lib Dems have stood down there to help them make it happen, so that's one to watch for the Greens. Hartlepool is the place to watch for the Brexit Party and that's traditionally a Labour seat. The big one to look out for is Uxbridge and South Royslip, where Labour candidate Ali Milani is looking to unseat Tory party leader Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson only has a 5,000 seat majority. How will Brexit affect this seat? And can Ali Milani, who has been campaigning tirelessly in Uxbridge, wrest this seat away from Johnson, who has barely been anywhere near his home constituency in weeks? It's a difficult call. Many people don't like Jeremy Corbyn, a fact widely regarded as being due to poor press he receives from billionaire-owned right-wing media and from our own BBC. 
It's possible racism could affect the vote too, as Milani is Muslim and older white voters who vote for Brexit and the Conservative Party, which has a history of Islamophobia, might not come round to his pitch. But he has credentials as a local, and young people will hopefully show up for him. Lord Buckethead of the comedy protest party the Monster Raving Looney Party has urged his supporters to put Monster Raving Looney loyalties aside and vote tactically, because, quote, some things are more important than electing an intergalactic space lord to parliament, end quote. So, now you know some things to look out for on Thursday night and into the early hours of Friday morning. The call for which party has won the UK general election and can form a government should come between 2am and 5am. It's all still to play for, and it's only your votes that make the difference. For all the working men and women in Britain who lived and died without the vote, and for the people around the world that still don't have one, go out tomorrow and make your personal choice based on your personally held opinion and no one else's on who will best take care of the UK and its people. Good luck tomorrow, and keep an eye out for a special Election Day episode on how you'll be voting. If you want to take part, leave us a voice message on the Anchor app, and I'll leave the link for that in the episode description.